Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your hosts, three co-hosts today. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm co-host number two, Kevin Spenst. And I am co-host number three, Lucia Mish. And we have in studio today, Angela Caravan. Hi, Angela. Hello. So nice to have you here. Welcome. Your first time on radio. Yes, my first time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we'll get you to start things off with a poem. Okay, great. I'm going to read my poem, Landing, which is um, the poem that's in my micro chat book with Post Coast Press. Landing. Julia and I would meet at the lunch table to discuss the moon, perspective, and that precious thing called landing. Two solid feet that stand and brush the surface of planetary objects. Like a hoe scraping earth, their satisfaction measured always in weight against our own. It wasn't the moon she loved, but the landing, a practice in contrasting insignificance. All I saw was loss and the sad sense of return to the land of virgins who'd never been popped. But Julia sided with the majesty of spacewalk, a single step, the dirt it kicked up, the unimaginable to replace collective memory. Nothing can match that experience. We are unfit, incapable, doomed where we landed, on plastic tables for 30 minutes, pressing for a shared concern. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Nice. Mm. Very cool poem, and for our listeners um, out there, could you describe the book before? I've got tons of questions about the poem itself, but it comes in a very interesting little booklet. Yeah, so it comes in a, a very tiny booklet. It's, um, as, you, as you can tell, it's a pretty short poem, um, but it's sort of folded up into this very small, couple of inch size, tiny little book. So it's a kind of a nice like little presentation of a single poem that you can share with people in a small tiny format it's very cool a micro chap yeah yeah, yeah a micro chap book yeah yeah it's kind of pocket sized it's like very uh it's kind of like a trading card but like definitely leveled up yeah. from a trading card because there are multiple pages and like beautiful uh layout and graphics and stuff yeah and if yeah. you folded it in half you could slip it into like a secret handshake Oh. Yes. Uh, so yes. Yeah. People wouldn't could. know that poetry yeah. was being yeah. passed. Yeah, from you hand could tuck it anywhere. You yeah. could put it in people's pockets, and <laughs> they would know. Mm. <laughs> They'd find it later. Rogue poetry, <laughs> pocket tucking. I like it. Nice. Pocket poetry. And then they open it, and they'd read about ostensibly the moon landing. Yes. But there's, uh, but it's kind of open to all sorts of loss, is how I understand the poem. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a kind of about a bunch of different things. I find it hard to, like, a couple of people have asked me, like, what it's about, and I kind of go, like, well, what do you think it's about? Uh, I, you know? Good answer, yeah. I kind of want people to, like, put their own interpretation into it, but I think, uh, for me, it's kind of um, really about, like, the conversations you have with people, and sometimes there are conversations about 
big topics or big abstract topics and sometimes you don't agree with each other but you sort of learn something about each other through those conversations and they can be like just in simple things like when you're just sitting over lunch like an everyday lunch and um so that's kind of what the setting of the poem is where they're just having a lunch like they usually do every day but they're talking about something that's sort of bigger than themselves Mm -hmm. and that first line is interesting we talked about the moon parting and landing so there's that a second word kind yeah. of cuts, like divides moon landing in an interesting oh, way. Oh, yeah, moon perspective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I, that was sort of about um, kind of like uh, like the way you look at the world, I guess, because of, of like the moon landing and how if you were to go to the moon and how you would think differently of the Earth when you got back. And that's kind of what the two people are talking about, I guess. Um, one person who finds this to be like a sort of a, a very like... Uh, exciting experience that it would be so amazing and the other person that might find that kind of sad if you went to this experience this thing that's so great but you can really relate to anyone about it Mm -hmm. Mm. what prompted you to use the moon landing then as your leaping off point um i don't really know it just kind of came in there (laughs) i don't think i really like planned for it to be about that um i was thinking back on it and i think it was kind of part because um I think around the time that I wrote this one, I was reading this short story that was about... um, It was by uh, Deborah Willis, I believe, in her short story collection. And it was about um, uh, this woman who wants to go to Mars. And she wants to go on a trip to Mars where you never come back. And it's from the perspective of her boyfriend, Uh who doesn't want this to happen. And it was sort of like their different takes on it. Um, So, yeah, I didn't really think about it when I wrote this. But afterwards, I realized, like, oh, this is kind of like that story, the two perspectives Mm. on on that um yeah so i think that's kind of where that came in do you have any uh, opinions on the uh moon landing being real or fake or <laughs> uh no i don't know i haven't really thought about it that much so i don't know i don't so how, how about you rc what's what's your take uh well if i i would just well just uh, we can go back to me answering that question but i'm just curious because <laughs> that might then influence um the perspective of writing the poem like using the, that mm-hmm. metaphor even uh, further, like if you thought yeah. it was fake, then yeah. towards a relationship, you know, how does that tie in? Or if you think it was an authentic thing, how does yeah. that really tie in? Yeah, I guess in writing the poem, I was thinking of it as being real, but I don't know how I actually, well, uh, yeah. I never really thought about it that much, but mm-hmm. I guess like in writing the poem, it was with the thought that it was that it had happened. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I grew up always around the uh, that it had happened. Like mm-hmm. I never really learned of any conspiracy theories that it hadn't uh, until recently. And then I, you know, you wonder whether or not. But I, what I did learn recently was that um, that what a lot of time, a lot of times that uh, some of the conspiracy theorists are referencing is you know photographs that don't have this, they don't have that. Uh, certain things in their pictures and part of it uh, has to do with the fact that uh, the government was worried that if the thing crashed and everybody died they wouldn't have anything Mm -hmm. to show pictures of so they did do uh, stagings on a set to kind of cover their asses in case everything you know fell apart um, and to kind of keep that from being you know in public the public knew I but they actually did go so they were they were planning to stage it in the event that it that's didn't something, go down. That, that's oh. something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that makes sense. That's what I've the heard recently. Yeah, yeah, the contingency plan. Yeah. And so that contingency is what some that the evidence from that or the pictures and film and stuff from that is sort of what 
people who always go, oh, well, see, there's no stars up in the sky. There's no, the flag's not moving or, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So some of those, some of that stuff uh-huh. is what a lot of people are referencing, even if they don't know that they're referencing that. Hmm. The more you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Can we hear another poem? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because you brought, did you've got a few of those, or is that the same um, chap, small chap, micro chapbook, um, or different I, they, ones? These are a few from other poets from the same publisher. Oh, oh I see, okay. Yeah, um, so I, don't, I might read one of those later. Yeah, sure. And that's want, Post Ghost Press. Yes, right? that's Post Ghost Press. Yeah, you can find them on Twitter. And they, are they all just one poem in each micro um, chapbook? Or? No, they are not. They're all kind of different. And they also have this uh, like little magazine that they do. I think they've only done two so far uh, called Small Poems for the Masses. And yeah. so that one, there's a, a little poem on each page. So this one has like oh, yeah, six see. poems in it, but they're all very, very short. Um, so for yeah. people with good eyesight. <laughs> yes, yes. I'd say they're like a solid, a solid 11 or 12 point font. Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. tiny. Yeah. There's just not a yeah. lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I once made a chapbook for a poetry class I was in, and one of the pieces of feedback I got from my professor was that the smaller font I had chosen will, uh, will frustrate some older readers but appears elegant on the page. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know afterwards if that came to pass? Uh, like I, only, I only made that? a copy for the class. I never put huh. it out into the public. Okay. So or no mob. Afraid of frustration mm. being thrown mm. back in okay. my direction. No, no mob of older <laughs> readers attacking you with their, like, no. glasses No, with their reading glasses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have terrible eyesight, so I would be in the mob. Right. I'll be on that side. <laughs> attacking yourself. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so Angela, okay. let's get another... That was a long time. Let's get another poem from you. Sure. Okay, I'm going to read um, this other one. Uh, that just came out recently with a magazine called Memoir Mixtapes. It's a really cool magazine because they all their stuff in there. They do poetry and also essays, and they're all based on songs. So when mm. you write something, you have to it has to be a mem- like memoir based about your life, and it also has to be based on a song. Mm. Um, so I wrote this poem specifically for that magazine, and it was just came out uh, about a week ago, I think. Uh, so it's called For Winter. Three winters ago, we went to the mountain to play in the snow. That decade where we didn't have cold, so we created our own, bringing it in bundles to our faces when we touched down off gondolas. You were eight and had never seen such pillows. Couldn't imagine the feeling of melted ice in your underwear as you rolled untucked down a hill. The three of us gluttons for adventure, with stiff figures of snowshoers, the bystanders in our film. My gloves were unfit for snowballs. Your shoes were buckets for moisture captured and held for days and days onward, even after warming up over hot drinks and a candlelit record player, turning three winter albums on rotation. The world is so loud, keep falling and I'll find you, climbing a mountain for winter in a city built for rain. Hmm. Right on. So what was the song? Uh, The song is Snowflake by Kate Bush off of her 50 Words for Snow album. Which <laughs> <laughs> was one of my favorite winter albums. I listen to it every winter. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's got a great uh, series of songs. There's one that's like a, a love song for a snowman that's really good. So yeah. the process, did you, were you given, so were you given the, the season first or the song first or did you, um, how did they come together? I wrote this poem to submit to this issue, which was about winter. So I kind of was thinking about winter and I had, for a while, been wanting to write a poem about um, this experience that I had, which was um, where my partner and I took my stepson up to Grouse Mountain uh, many years ago. I guess I guess it was three years ago. 
um, when there hadn't been much snow in Vancouver for quite a while and he really hadn't experienced the snow before and really wanted to play in the snow. Um, so I would run it, want to write a poem about that. And so I was like, oh, maybe this winter issue is a good spot for it. And then I was sort of thinking of songs to go with it. And um, uh, this Kate Bush album is one that I listen to every winter, as I said. So, And it really fit well with it. There's the, the two lines that I put in here are from the song itself. Uh, the world is so loud, keep falling and I'll find you. And I thought that really worked well with... Uh, what it was about so Hmm. nice it sure brings us into the full sensorium of snow kind of down our underwear in the boots yeah yeah Yeah. i was thinking about how how universal the experience of playing in snow with inadequate snow equipment yes (laughs) yes you're always like oh no these gloves are completely yeah i felt it so much that day because i'm like also just living in vancouver you just like you don't bother to get proper stuff no no Yeah. yeah. One of the things I really loved about the poem, because it evoked that um, I grew up in the mountains in California, so there was snow up there, even mm-hmm. though it was um, fairly southern. And, and uh, yeah, it really, uh, like, evoked those childhood memories of, like, the tumbling and the snow everywhere, not really having maybe a lot of foresight around that. And I was surprised, even though the, the poem starts with um, three winters ago, uh, I sort of lost... Um, I sort of forgot about the adult presence in the poem mm-hmm. until we got to like the candlelight and record right, player. Right. And I was like, oh, that's right. This is not a memory, like this isn't that distant a memory. Yeah. Um, and so there was there was something interesting and really neat going on with, um, yeah, with sort of like the temporal jumps that right. the way you described all of the, the snow and the play right. made and then coming back home and sort of settling back into that yeah. adult life. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Keep falling. Qu- and that was just a compliment. I'm, I'm drifting <laughs> off into this. I'm just playing some Kate Bush now. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah what? It up a this way. is the song. Mm. Have you it's tried? It's a really long song. Yeah. <laughs> have you Have you ever read the poem with the song accompanying it? No, I never considered that. Do you want to try? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a first. <laughs> I mean, I could. I just yes. read it, so... Let's, to read try, it again. let's try it with the music. Okay. Because okay. you can hear the music, right? Well, I feel right? like it's, it's so serious, the song. I'm going to, like, change how I read it. I don't know. Like she's <laughs> singing. That would be fascinating, though. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. All right. Okay. For winter. Three winters ago, we went to the mountain to play in the snow. That decade where we didn't have cold, so we created our own. Bringing in bundles to our faces when we touched down off gondolas. You were eight and had never seen such pillows. Couldn't imagine the feeling of melted ice in your underwear as you rolled untucked down a hill. The three of us gluttons for adventure, with stiff figures of snowshoers, the bystanders in our film. My gloves were unfit for snowballs. Your shoes were buckets for moisture, captured and held for days and days onward. Even after warming up over hot drinks and a candlelit record player, turning three winter albums on rotation, The world is so loud, keep falling and I'll find you. Climbing a mountain for winter in a city built for rain. (laughs) Nice. That's cool. How did that feel? (laughs) It felt a little weird. (laughs) I I have like a little bit of a music background. And so when I like hear the music playing, I kind of like want to get into the rhythm of it. But I kind of had to like not listen to it so I could just (laughs) read it properly and not like be pausing all the time. But Mm -hmm. it was a lot. (laughs) Kate Bush will surely hear this 
and this will be yes. a good opportunity for you to send her the poem, which she can read, yes. which will then become of, a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I can do a spoken word piece on her next album. Yeah. 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 Kate yeah. Bush collaborations are really all the work we're aiming for here on yes. Um, Amazing. Th- yeah, thank you for experimenting with us there. I thought yeah. that was beautiful. The like piano came in at the word gondola. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if just... you really like practice it and got like the right like phasing on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a nine and a half minute song there. So. Yeah, you can really stretch it out. Oh, wow. Winter, <laughs> winter's night. So do when you write, do you listen to music ever or not? Or um, um, I would say not because I think it's the same thing where like my mind if I'm listening to music it, it gets really focused on the music um, mm. unless I was listening to something maybe uh, instrumental but otherwise I can't focus on writing mm-hmm. with with that other sort of distraction yeah <laughs> yeah and what was your background in or what is your background in music um, well I used to play the piano uh, yeah and I've sort of dabbled a bit in guitar and bass but I really don't do much of it now but <laughs> have you ever, do well you I were... played the flute in high school oh. Oh. <laughs> just float us. Float us. Uh, have you ever written songs uh no like maybe when I was younger but no not really mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't really know why I guess I just never felt confident enough in my instrumental abilities to really put it all together mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, I think it's tough. I've definitely run up on the against this uh, for myself. I'm like, I can't, I can't write a song because I only know these many chords, you know. And I <laughs> yeah. wanted to go this way, but I can't make it. It is a different skill. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I feel like poems are just like, I couldn't like turn my poems into a song. They don't really feel like the same thing. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was the magazine again that you that was published in? Because I don't recall the title, but I recall it sounding really cool. Memoir mixtapes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How often does that, does that come up? I out? think it's four times a year. I'm not sure, certain. Um, and it's online. They have do it in a PDF format. And they also um, put a playlist up with it. So that's kind of cool. You can just listen to the playlist and oh. read the whole thing. And is that Canadian-based? or No. I think it's based in California. Mm. And how did you come about getting together with them? Um, I think through Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's where I hear about a lot of things. But, yeah. Yeah, nice. I've read a couple of their issues before. They've There's really good stuff on them. I hmm, recommend Sweet. It. Memoir, mm-hmm. mixtape. Mm-hmm. It kind of fits with the mashed po- uh, poetics type. Yeah, I do. I project. organize a show called Mashed Poetics, right. and uh, where we pick a music album uh, and then get uh, asked poets to write new poems based on the songs from the album. And then mm-hmm. at the show, we have a band play that album, and the poets perform in between the songs. So. Nice. Similar. Nice. I, well, I guess not the same, but it's kind of yeah. neat, neat yeah. uh, playing it's around with stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cross pollination. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just get. We're running out of time, so let's hear another uh, piece from you, if you don't mind. Sure. Our guest today is Angela Caravan, and you're listening to them here on uh, CFRO 100.5 FM Co-op Radio. And our show is Wax Poetic, and the spring member drive is going to be coming up very soon as well. So if you're uh, enjoying this program, uh, realize that you probably are not going to get this type of stuff um, on most other radio stations. So if you'd like to support us, keep that in mind over the next uh, couple of months. Okay, uh, so this poem is called uh, Edit in Two Parts. A girl once told me I talk too much. Well, she told some other people without realizing I was there. She requested I not be asked to speak because my speaking took up too much space. It was the first time I thought of myself in this expansive way. A woman once told me I am quiet, invited the fact I wasn't saying much and should find a way to say more. 
I tried expanding conversation topics until I ballooned into something unrecognizable, a jabbering box with a sudden interest in sports. A man once told me I should talk less because he was exhausted, and I agreed because he was quiet much of the time. The things he did say were boring, and the things that I said were boring to absorb the space. We carried on like this until we were both tired and went to bed. A boy once told me I was quiet. Well, he told a friend who told a friend who told me. This impression turned me paper, a crumbled up, discarded ball, a wasted scrap of notebook with nothing scribbled upon. I talked too much. She requested I not be space. I am quiet. Find a way to say something jabbering with a sudden interest. I should talk less. The things I said absorb until bed. I was quiet. This impression like a wasted scrap of nothing. Nice. Thank you. So I'm sitting next to you so I can see this poem on the page. Yeah. Um, which I feel really lucky about because cool stuff is going on. <laughs> so I was wondering if maybe you could talk uh, about that a little bit for folks out there who cannot yeah, see it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've never actually read this one before, so it, it does like have a oh, lot on cool. the page. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I initially started, it's in two parts because the first part is sort of these like four paragraphs of those like four different things. Um, and then the second half is um, pulling bits from that part and just sort of editing out a bunch of it. And so it's sort of distilled down into this other part. And sort of the second half is spread out in that kind of way, just to sort of show it as like the other words are deleted, kind mm-hmm. of. It's like erasure poetry, and sometimes you see that where with the, the unused words blacked out, but yeah. here it's just white space, and so yeah. there is this right. like very different, um, yeah, just sort of amount of, of quietness in yeah. the second yeah. half of the poem. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like, yeah. Well, you mentioned space and the question of taking up space and being too loud and too quiet so that's kind of obviously yeah. that's what the you're going for there on the page yeah for sure mm-hmm. um what other i've always thought not talking about stuff that way is also sometimes we don't understand we don't recognize how other people see us mm-hmm. or think about us and sometimes they're they're being dicks and saying you know hey yeah. shut up you shouldn't be talking or whatever yeah. but um what other ways have you been um surprised by other people's impressions of you um, that, well, that's a hard question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I guess, like, this poem is really kind of about how um, it's hard to, like, get a sense of who you are sometimes with other people's perspective. Because, mm. like, these are all things that I've heard people say about me. Not in, like, these exact ways, uh, sort of created for the sake of the poem, but... Um, how are you supposed to know like how you are presenting yourself to other people or how people actually see you when you get all these different perspectives and it's sort of hard to understand like oh am I too loud or am I too quiet or like and not just about those things it can be about other things like am I you, am I various things um, and it can be really confusing sometimes when you get like different perspectives from people I really yeah. appreciated that the fact that there's sort of there's contradictory uh, messages in this poem around what you're being told you're too loud or you're too quiet or yeah um, because those things sort of are in tension with each other what jumped out to me yeah. was I was like oh this is about them <laughs> like this is this is about the people who are who are passing the judgments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I f- and I wonder, because it feels to me like that was sort of distilled in that second half um, mm-hmm. where you pull these these sort of, um, yeah, more boiled down uh, ideas out of the anecdotes. And I wonder if, was that process something that you planned all along when you sat down to write the poem or did it come to you 
in the process? Um, it was actually something I planned all along, and I initially had this in three parts, which was a lot, and it was too much, and I like knew that I had to kind of edit it down. Um, edit it down? It's called edit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I sort of I had planned for it to be like that, and part of the editing part was about how, like, when you hear people give different thoughts on yourself, that that makes you want to change yourself and, like, edit yourself, and that constant, like, trying to find, like, the distilled version of yourself that you think people want or you think mm-hmm. would be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that sort of, like, layout was intended mm. the whole time. It made me think of dinner party anxiety of, like, oh, God, who am I supposed to be today at this thing? I don't want to talk <laughs> yeah. to anybody. Or now I have to go and talk to people. I don't want to I don't want to go through the whole mundane thing of what do you do? What is this? Yeah. Da-da-da. Yeah. Da-da-da. Yeah. Uh, that's what it has what conjured up in me. Yeah. <laughs> Your fear of dinner parties. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, of social functions, you know, and trying yeah. to put on like mm-hmm. that accidental thing yeah. you put yeah. on personality you put yeah. on rather yeah. than just to survive the part the, the occasion and then yeah and uh, it also depends what type of social function mm-hmm. too because like some you might be a different version of yourself than mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i just had a vision of this as a chat book of like little like name cards like you have a name on one side and yeah. then a, a line and then like different names perhaps or yeah. different descriptions under the name and it's just packaged together maybe a big uh, rubber band but <laughs> that you, like so a roll of the stickers or something well like the just, hello my name is yeah yes, it could be hello yeah. my name is or just like you know a little business card type yeah. thing so yeah. each one is on like one line is on the back of a business type card that kind of get, maybe it has a different identity I like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get on. Let's make let's make a job. Yeah, Mm. and you could use it for parties. You could rifle through. Yeah, of identities and characters. I hate talking to people today. Yeah, you don't have to say anything. You just hand them the card. Exactly. A a friend of mine once made another friend for their birthday. They Um, made another friend. Yes, that's why I have so many friends. My friends are always being No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't finished with my sentence. For a, another friend's birthday, they made a box of business cards that said that person's name, and then underneath it, it just said, good at parties. Oh. Yeah. So, so some small version of this is, is out there already. We just have to piggyback on it with the bad at parties and the various ways one can be bad at parties set of business cards slash poetry collection. Nice. Nice. Kate Bush, do you want to get in on this? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get a backer. We need some somebody with money. So, so it could uh, be a tax, like you know, loop or something for. Her. Oops, sorry. Oh, that's okay. So Angela, where <laughs> can anybody uh, find your stuff if they want to get to you online? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the best way would just be through my Twitter account. That's where I do post a lot of my writing stuff. So my Twitter is uh, at a underscore caravan. Uh, yeah, I don't have a website or anything, but I post. If I have anything coming out, I'll put it up on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the landing uh, micro chapbook, where can people get that? Yeah, you interested? can find that through Post Ghost Press. I don't know what their website is exactly. I'm sure if you just Google them, you can find it. Um, Post Ghost Press, and they have an Etsy page where they sell all of their micro chapbooks. And yeah. they're also on Twitter, so you can find them there. A really cool publisher. Yeah, it sounds pretty neat. Sweet. And name some of the other poets you've got brought along with you. They're also yeah, their micro chapbooks. Yeah, these are, this is only a small portion of what they have out right now. They've got tons of stuff, so yeah, definitely check it out. There's uh, Danny McLaren, which is this is a really cool little, little visual one about uh, rejection letters. It's really cool. Um, Terrence Abrams has one called Away From Myself. Uh, Wanda DeGlaine, I'm not actually sure if that's how you say her last name, but uh, things 
that will happen after the end of the world no one will be around to witness just an awesome one about like things that can happen at the end of the world which I really like um, and they also I think I mentioned already the little magazine they have small poems for the masses mm-hmm. and Luci you made one of these you said yeah I just I didn't I just handmade it myself at a time because um, I learned about these little folding books that you can make out of just a sheet of printer paper mm-hmm. um, and uh, for anybody who's interested I think if you google like six page zine or um, single page folded book project zine what you know you'll figure it out everyone knows how to google uh (laughs) except for me apparently Uh, but you'll find instructions for yeah how you can fold and it's just folds in a little slice and you can make these really yeah really cool little um little books and you can actually reverse them as well if you want if you print on both sides um you know, I don't want to. I don't want to undercut the press no. by being like, "Do it yourself." <laughs> yeah. But for those of you out there who are um, into like DIY and self-publishing, it is a really cool option. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And chapbooks are pretty democratic in terms yeah. of the technology, which is so accessible and easy, and anybody can make it. And here's my plug that nobody here, I think, knows about. I'm teaching a chapbook workshop this Saturday in New Westminster. Oh, cool. So, Where? Yeah. Um. Go to New Westminster and then Google. <laughs> Kevin Spence Chapbook Chap Shop Worker. Yeah. yeah, that is an excellent question, oh, okay. and I'll find out All before right. I go. <laughs> well, you're doing a reading on April 4th, correct? Uh, yeah, at the Joy Kagawa House. Yeah. Along with who else? Some other people. Um, there are lots of amazing um, poets that are reading. Kayla Zaga will be reading, and um, Rhea Tregobov, and Jane Monroe, and Raul Fernandez. number of poets who've been on this show. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, like a, a nice segue into that. This is your last show for a while. Oh, You're going back to work. Oh, it's been such an amazing year. I've, yeah, January, February, March, I've been here every Wednesday, mm. and uh, it's been wonderful, but I have to go back to yeah. my day the job. Grind. The grind for a bit, yeah. and uh, maybe I'll be back. Tomorrow. Well, thanks for helping out uh, f- in the transition from uh, Pam to uh, Kevin and to the new year. My pleasure. It's and been a lot of fun. Angela, thanks for being our guest today. Oh, thanks for having me. Glad to have mm-hmm. you here. It's great. Um, so, if, yeah, I, we don't really have time for announcements, uh, upcoming events, other than uh, I'll just mention quickly, today, tomorrow, Slamapalooza is happening out at Kwantlen Polytechnic University featuring Adelaine DeSoul Poet, who is a fantastic performer and poet, and uh, I think you should check that out if you can, if you're out in the Surrey area. Uh, that's all our time. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And Kevin Spence. I'm Lucia Mish. And our guest today has been Angela Caravan. Thank thanks you for, again. Thanks yeah, for joining thanks, us. Angela. Thanks. And no apologies necessary. Thanks to Kenan for helping out last <laughs> week. Yeah. Is Ooh. coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?